This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobbe, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration and the author of The Remarkable Effect. I'm creating a tribe of tech entrepreneurs that are on a mission to do something big and meaningful. I invite you to join the tribe as well, especially if you want to create change that matters and put your software business on momentum that you're proud of. The goal that I have with this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. The guest on my podcast today is Roland Hallebeek, CEO of Scotty Technologies. People talking about digital transformation, customer journeys, customer experiences, all big words, all big projects, all kinds of initiatives but very often not very clearly defined in, so what does it do for your customers or how do your customers behave? We saw many initiatives where people were focusing on, well, like I said, chatbots, so automating chats. What we also saw is that a lot of the voice, so people calling, was being outsourced to low-cost countries or to yeah. overflow parties, et cetera, et cetera. So basically moving away from your core processes in your company. But if you look at the numbers in Western Europe, you see that we recently had a research done that less than 5% of all customer contacts is actually chat. So the way over 50% you outsource, you give away to other parties to handle it for you. And all those efforts on chat is basically solving less than 5% of the complexity and also the volume. This is Roland. He has been in communication all his life. He was the Vice President of Telecom and Media at Capgemini from 2001 until 2011. He headed up various data-driven startup initiatives between 2013 and 16. He led European AI Customer Engagement Management at IPsoft and he ran the Global Digital and Cognitive AI Center at EPAM Systems in 2018. In that same year, he founded both Cognitive Affairs and Scotty Technologies, two companies centered around the same mission to take customer contact automation to the next level by making it simpler, smoother, more scalable, highly predictable from a cost perspective, and most of all, more human. And this triggered me, and hence I invited Roland to be a guest on my podcast. We explore what is broken in the world of digital transformation, why many companies focus on solving the wrong problem, and what could be an alternative way to approach it in order to get far better results for both the customer as well as the business. We will also explore Roland's approach to building a remarkable software business. By listening to this interview, you will learn three things. Firstly, why it is critical to take a big picture view and challenge yourself whether the problem you're solving with your business software is the most valuable problem and not just an interesting problem. Secondly, why very often you get exponentially better results if you aim for the symbiosis of humans 
and 60 to 80% automation rather than going for plain 100% automation. And thirdly, that remarkable things happen when you start off on a clear vision and then hire a team of linchpins, i.e. people that can deliver 10x and then organize yourself around the framework focused on value and defensible differentiation. Roland, thanks for being a guest on my podcast today and making the time available. Thank you for having me. Yeah, two Dutch people on the phone speaking English. It's going to be an interesting yes. one today. Um, <laughs> <Multiple> times. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, we're going to talk about your company, Scotty Technologies. But before we start, I always like to know a little bit more about the person behind the company and what is characterizing that person. So if you would have to characterize yourself in two or three words, what would it be? Of course, entrepreneur, love for technology and love for making technology work and not produce tech for tech, but tech that is being used by people. Interesting one. Yeah, tech used by people. It's a different flavor of the one I always seem to hear about tech in search of a solution. But I mean, you're making a right connection here because the whole idea behind the podcast is to find those stories in the marketplace that showcase how technology and people can start to create value we haven't seen before. And that's what's keeping this podcast alive. So talking about your company, Scotty Technologies, what is the big idea behind it? Well, Scotty Technologies is a company that automates phone calls, messaging, so WhatsApp, uh, rich content, SMS, emails, etc. So there's many of those voice bots, chat bots in the market, all types of solutions targeting customer service type operations. Me and my co-founder, we have been in this industry where uh, conversational AI was being applied in uh, various manners in customer journey, being part of a customer journey or optimizing customer service operations. And what we often, very often saw was many of the solutions that are in place or were in place were very limited in their capabilities. They all did great, but they all solved a portion of what the operation needed. So the chatbot very, being very limited. I mean, great at what they do, but very, very marginal in the options. If you look at the industry or the e-commerce industry or the service industry, there's been big changes as we have been noticing them, where in the past companies could define how they would communicate with their customers. Nowadays, 21st century customer service is very much defined by customers that tell you where they want to talk to you and when they want to talk to you. So there's a whole new game in the world of how to service your customers and where the options of the now economy and the technology come together is clients tell you where they want to talk to you, but they also want it now. So we, over the past years, when we have been traveling the world and doing all kinds of conversational AI type projects, we developed a vision on how to service customers through leveraging the AI technologies better in such a way that we build a platform that is basically servicing customers from very simple tasks to much more complex tasks end-to-end, but basically, as you would expect from human agents that work in a customer service center or a call center, etc. So you would expect from our platform, and that is what we've built, a level of capabilities that is very similar to what a human can deliver. And where we apply the technology is very much where call center agents, together with the technology, work together. So the symbiosis between technology and humans in the loop, making it possible to serve customers up to the standards that are being expected nowadays. That's interesting. Yeah, because I agree with that. I mean, there's chatbots out there 
and technologies that are about conversational AI and the natural language processing. And they do up to a certain extent, but the moment where it starts to fail, that's where the frustration starts. Absolutely. And that's where they don't have a, they don't have a solution. And Absolutely. I think that's Absolutely. indeed where the blend comes in. Where Do you do, you do the handover then? Or is, what did you do differently with the solution to be able to do that end-to-end? Well, well, it starts with our vision. Over the past years, we were very amazed. So people talking about digital transformation, customer journeys, customer experiences, all big words, all big projects, all kinds of initiatives, but very often not very clearly defined in, so what does it do? for your customers or how do your customers behave? We saw many initiatives where people were focusing on, well, like I said, chatbots. So automating chats works great. Introducing all kinds of social channels to have customer uh, entering your uh, customer service organization and giving the clients all kinds of options, et cetera, et cetera. What we also saw is that a lot of the voice, so people calling, was being outsourced to low-cost countries or to yeah. overflow parties, et cetera, et cetera. So basically moving away from your core processes in your company, which is interesting because if you say on the other hand, well, I find it super important that I have an excellent customer journey because we are in the now economy, our clients, we want to serve them in an excellent way, the nine plus customer experience, all those sort of things. But if you look at the numbers in Western Europe, you see that we recently had a research done that. Less than 5% of all customer contacts is actually chat. And, okay. and voice is actually way over 50%, which is interesting. So the way over 50%, you, you outsource, you give away to other parties to handle it for you. And all those efforts on chat is basically solving less than 5% of the complexity and also the volume. So what we did is, yes, so we ticked the box. Yes, we do automate chats and we do automate emails. So text is text, easiest, the easiest part of the conversational AI. Yeah. Our challenge was if we are able to automate voice, so free speech, phone calls, so automate phone calls so that people can actually talk to your brand, which is the most natural way for people to communicate, right? Use your yeah. ears and use your mouth. People understand what we mean, we can communicate even in different languages because of speech. And we found it very weird that that typical easiest way of communicating between people was being outsourced and basically BPO'd away, whilst the most natural way of communicating with the clients would be exactly that channel. But of course, because it's human, it was not automatable until recent, made it a very expensive channel for customer service operations. At least that's what people sure, found. Of course, yeah. But of course, the root, root cause was not so much in the phone call being expensive. Of course, it ended up being expensive. But why it was very often expensive in our experience was that many of the core processes, for example, I don't know, utility companies producing very complicated bills that nobody understands. Yeah. So of course, people call. <laughs> so, I mean, that doesn't mean that the phone call is expensive. That means that the root cause is a very complicated process in getting to if you would optimize the bill so that people would clearly understand it, there would be less reason for people to call. But if they would contact you, why would speech not be the most natural way that they can actually talk yep. to your brand and speak to your brand? And with all the hearables, you know, all the great earpods that we can purchase these days, they're excellent. But it's really unnatural to not use them if you would like to talk to a brand, to talk to your customer service or have a question or have a service request. No, you usually cannot use that. You have to get your phone or have you get your screen, go into the widget or go out there to get your service through a WhatsApp. 
but the whole yeah, voice channel yeah. voice channel was basically very often being ignored or people tried to move customers away from it. So what we changed, I think, what I think what makes our offering unique is that we tick all the boxes of the text, yes, but we have very strong beliefs in automating phone calls. Today, we automate already, and our system's called Scotty from Scotty Technologies, handles already 100,000 automated phone calls a week, which is uh, great Impressive. because it, but yeah. it also, it's not so just because it's a great technology effort, but also it serves as customers in the most natural way, but also our clients, they say, well, that is great because that is the entry point. It starts with a phone call. And of course, you can deflect people to all kinds of channels where you would like to have them. But also, it frees up a lot of time of the customer service agents. And they can do a lot of value-added work that otherwise they would have to be spending on handling phone calls and all those stuff, which yeah. usually are very simple and repetitive tasks. Now that's the whole thing at the end, indeed. So, I mean, when people are calling your service and they speak to it, and I saw that it is in any language, so that's a, yes. that's a lot. <laughs> does the system speak back? It can, yes. It can. Nice. Well, it does, it does. Basically, what it, the opportunity it opens for organizations is to basically rationalize the number of customer entry points and have just a phone number. You can call that phone number, and on that phone number, you can basically ask any question that you have that is in scope, of course, of the machine and the bot uh, can, does recognize, but it's free speech. So it means that yeah. you can call for topic A, but switch to topic B, C, and go back to A. And that means that you have one entry point and from there on, you go to the most convenient channel for yourself. But yes, the bot yeah. can handle the free speech in any language, but also can do, for example, interesting for cases like outbounds, or it can do campaigning for you, or for example, the complaint handling or prevent claims, etc. It's important to have these capabilities. Impressive. I mean, that's indeed something that is highly needed. I wasn't aware of the fact that there's only 5% chat, which if you look at it, yes, of course, because it's even, it's even lower. But he really likes it. And then 50% yeah. voice. Yeah, exactly. Some companies, it's even way over, over 60 to 80%. Yeah. Yeah, I think it depends a little bit on the, on the industry that you're in. So, I mean, do you have an, an anecdote of, of something that made you proud when a customer started to use it? What is the yes. opportunity if they get it right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, besides that, we are strong believers in uh, these channels. We also were strong believers in not asking for any upfront fees. So we said, well, let's get rid of that model. Again, I'm reading your book, I told you. And of course, scale is very important. So we said it needs to be designed for scale. It needs to be designed for smoothness. So it's easy to use. It needs to be business friendly. And also, there needs to be no upfront cost, and it's only pay-per-use. Why is that important? We thought, because adoption, of course, of these technologies is essential for the success. Let me make a small interruption here. Roland just highlighted a very important point. He explained their framework to ensure they deliver meaningful value to their ideal customer, and at the same time, orchestrate their business to create defensible differentiation. And you will get even more insights from him on that exact point in the remainder of this interview. Those points firmly link to two key traits that remarkable software businesses master. The first one is they offer something valuable and desirable. And the second one, they aim to be different, not better. And being different and being able to keep that differentiation is something that you can design for. It's something that you can master as well. And to get ideas how you can do that, I recommend you to read my book, The Remarkable Effect. And you can find it on any portal where they sell books online. Back to the interview. We have recently, and rounding off, a project in the Nordics, Scandinavia, 
And one of the big organization, millions of contacts, and there yeah. was a very clear case. They said, well, yeah, our customers, they want all these channels, et cetera, et cetera. Ended up, they had more than 150 customer entry points, which is super confusing for clients. And <laughs> uh, where do you go? Uh, exactly. And where do you end up? <laughs> and also, how do you control it? All those questions. So expensive, slow, not very qualitative, and also leading up to non-very relevant solutions. So long waiting times, so unhappy customers. So the first thing, and I thought that was a very great move to work the first steps of adoption with these clients, we advised them, well, you have tons of phone calls, long waiting lines. Why don't we offer the clients while they're on the waiting line, why don't we offer them SMS with a link where I say, well, you can go here for self-service. No worries. You stay in line. You hold your place. So you do not lose it. So go for self-service if you like it. It will be handled there. The board will handle it. If you don't like it, you can get back in line. Uh, you will speak to, uh, an agent. Be, speak to an agent. For that client, that was like super, a super big decision to do that. So you would think why, but that is exactly yeah. how, what they that's were the doing. the best of both worlds. Exactly. But that's what they were doing for the past, I don't know how many years. So it's a, a standard way of operating. It was culture, et cetera, et cetera. Once they started doing it, it appeared that customers over 90% didn't stay in the line but went for the SMS link because it was good enough. People were waiting in line for 30, 40 minutes to ask an average question that lasted 30 to 40 seconds. So of course you're happy that you're being serviced with no waiting line and still get a relevant answer. So because it's all about resolution, that is biased and it's also relevant to you. So it needs to be contextual and it doesn't matter to clients whether they speak to an agent or whether they're being served by a chat or by a voice box. As long as it's relevant and qualitative, uh, great. But that was a great achievement because basically that changed their point of view of that client, which is a very traditional type of operation. And they said, well, yes. And then they started dreaming away. They saw the big numbers and the potential of the big numbers. And then they opened up and said, well, so we moved from them with this discussion. We moved to automation of voice within half a year. So there was a major culture change for them as well. I can imagine. Yeah. So so that's a war story that is uh, we're kind of proud of. That's technology in action in real life. And it's also, yeah. I think, a good example of what we typically do. We look at one particular process and we try to optimize exactly that process without looking at alternative routes that could solve the problem so much easier. Yeah. yeah. One and of the things that also came to mind, one of my clients that I recently worked with is in the e-commerce space. And what I saw there is, a lot of organizations have always had a very kind of direct relationship with their customers prior to cloud and commerce and so on. And that long-term yeah. relationship is, is how they differentiate. We have everything pushed to the cloud, pushed to online commerce, pushed to on-demand. Of course, they can still serve their customers. They can serve more customers. But what you typically start to lose is the direct connection and everything that then goes. I mean, you, you lose also that your point about being relevant and being contextually specific and the quality of things that you get the moment you move to those platforms it solves one aspect but it also creates another problem and i think that's also where the opportunity is right now to kind of give exactly that experience that we could use in a face-to-face conversation and do that at scale is that what you see as well absolutely absolutely we're very strong believers because the machine we build or the platform we build is uh, very potent it's built for scale it's built for quality it's it's built for speed so yeah it takes a lot of boxes 
but we tell our clients always do not strive for the 100% automation. Always strive for somewhere between 60 to 80% automation because keep humans in the loop. Super important because exactly. it's the relevance of your brand. I mean, machines are great, but they lack empathy. They lack tons of stuff that humans are great at. So creativity, empathy, et cetera, et cetera. But if you are able to tick the boxes of the efficiency, of the speed or the availability or the scale that a machine can bring, and bring the creativity and the empathy of a human and especially also knowledge, right? Because people are super yeah. important yeah. in training these machines. It's a continuous improvement uh, cycles. Yeah. Humans do that. I mean, the machine learns, of course, yes. But the tone of voice, what does your brand sound like? How would you like to interact? How do we optimize the process? Your machine can give you all kinds of data and all kinds of information on that. But the interpretation True. of it and basically coming to the improvement is done very much by humans. So the human touch is super important. We think if people say, well, nine plus customer experiences, the symbiosis between machine and humans can actually bring that. We're not strong believers in just the automation being capable of doing that. Not at all. Yeah. They can take a lot of KPIs, but not that one. No, I mean, I agree. I mean, there's examples of that in other industries as well, where, for example, the machine could, for example, get to 92% accuracy or solving the problem and humans possibly 93 or 90. 94, but together they go to 98% in terms absolutely, of uh, impact. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And with these machines, it's about intent and it's about the entities. And both numbers are important. So we hit the 99 even on the intent. But what is more important, <laughs> so that is high. But yeah. if the humans behind that are not adoptive to the technology, it is a machine, right? It's out of the box. It's super stupid. It makes the humans, they train it. Their knowledge of how it works or how you would like to interact with your clients, that's where the differentiation comes in. So, yeah, I mean, what's interesting, you, you made a point about empathy and about intent. And I mean, getting the intent is one thing, like what are people actually talking about and what do they mean with things? But the yes. empathy part is maybe another aspect. Where do you believe this is going technology-wise? Well, like Scotty, our platform, of course, has the capability of understanding based on language where sentiment goes, right? So Scotty, for example, is built always to bring a resolution. So it's very task-oriented. So it's not a cozy bot that you can have a social chat with because it will always say, well, I don't understand. It wants to drive for a solution, but it will detect sentiment or change in sentiment. And of course, then because of then a clever AI applications, we are able to, for example, try to bring the client or customer in that case back to the happy path or say, well, now it's time for escalation, which is all done by design. So, yeah, they're very capable of doing that. And, of course, Scotty can also say, well, this client is driving towards a complaint. Sure. And, of course, Scotty then can say, well, would you like to have a voucher? Try to bring yeah. people back on the happy path. Yeah. But our conviction is that there's always people involved to make the final call because it's a human-to-human -human interaction, right? I mean, the bot can totally service you all the way, can do that. Yeah. But it's yeah. so much nicer when you get appreciation from human-to-human, -human, for example. And of course, Scotty can say, good, here's a voucher. Thank you for having our service. But how nice it is, is it? And that is, of course, the customer experience. That is not part of the customer contact automation that we do, but of the customer experience. I am very much in favor of maybe a human following up to say, I hope you're very happy with our service. Of course, Scotty can ask also, do the MPS score? Yes, can do that. But it's very different when somebody calls you back and say, how do you like it? Are you appreciative of how we sold it for you? I think it's a matter of respect. It's a matter of appreciation of your customers and not see them as a number. And again, therefore, sure. we, we are very strong believers in the human in the loop because of the empathy and the social capabilities of humans, which machines totally lack, of course. Yeah. 
That's correct. I can only say yes to that. So what have you experienced in terms of getting this to market and selling this? Because your company is in the market for two years. Yep. And this, of course, like I, mean, I think you already mentioned your case in the Nordics. It's radically different from what people know. Yeah. Again, how we position it is that it can do simple to very complex tasks end-to-end. I think we differentiate in not having any upfront investments. So we get basically paid once the machine is switched on and not before. And you pay for use. I think that's a very good model. It's built for scale. So we bring this to the market to say that it can do the qualitative journey that you're looking for. It can drive for results. Of course, it brings speed and it brings the scale. And we have a flat fee. So that's uh, we're all strong believers in. In simple models, we like simple models. So we have a flat fee for a call and for a chat, and that is it. And everything is included. So we basically offer the customer automation as a service. We offer that as a service. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's a service as a service. And that is how we bring it to the market. And the adoption of the market, yes, it's not a new category. We think it's in the category of customer contact automation. Yeah, that's true. I think we are a bit redefining that category or the opportunity in that category. Basically, it's a virtual customer contact center as a service. So if you mentioned e-commerce companies, especially these times, many of them are very, very busy. I have had a few examples recently where they stop answering the phone because it's simply too busy. Yeah, that means there's a lot of business coming in, but also the service is lacking. The, yeah, and that's the, where it goes the, wrong. That's, the, that's where it all, all derails at the end. Exactly, exactly. So that's why our offering and how we offer is designed for speed is also, okay, so the first automation is done within a few days, like two, three days. 60 to 80% automation. It's fast. Again, that's, yeah, so the 60 to 80% automation of the use cases that we'll define with our clients are delivered within three to six weeks. And that is all comes back to our design principle and the experience that we have in the industry. We saw really awesome, beautiful avatar-powered AI solutions. <laughs> Very great. But tech for tech. This is tech to be utilized and to utilize yeah. fast. And that was the design principle where we started. We want to build a platform that is capable to scale and it's capable to compete on price, that can compete on speed, ease of implementation, ease of use. That was the design principle. And I think we've achieved that. Scotty ticks those boxes as far as we're concerned. And that yeah. makes, if clients call us now, then it's very, the, we return their value or it's in the value for the client within a few days. I think that is modern technology can bring to the market. Yeah, but you can exceed expectations at the end. I mean, this is indeed a busy place. And yeah. there's more, more people that offer more or less the same type of capabilities. But the end, you, what your value proposition is, is then what, where the difference is made. Absolutely. So you, you said you were reading my book and that's music to my ears. I'm always looking for the secrets behind yeah, what makes a company or what makes a tech company remarkable. I mean, you've been in this space for a while now. And what is your take on that? What do you believe is one thing that people need to do in order to, or to create a remarkable impact? For us, we always refer to, it needs to be a very, very clear mission. We need a very clear mission. So we have very clever engineers. Our definition was we don't need many of them, but we want them to be 10x. So they need to be excellent because 10x engineers, they have an opinion on how things go and they are like mega fast, but also very qualitative, very good. But they also can contribute to the product and also can contribute to what we deliver to our clients. And if you ask our engineers and you ask, well, the people that are not in the tech but are in the business side of things, everybody understands that we deliver a clear mission. And for me, if I can use one word, 
or towards the clear mission. That is very much uh, yeah, uh, that we have. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's aligning everybody. And then for everybody, it's clear what is expected from them in order to make an impact. Exactly. Along that line, so we always take the box. So is it qualitative? Does it drive for speed? Does it bring the result? And is it like, can we take the box so that it's fast and that it brings uh, the value for the client quick? If it takes out the boxes, we're good to go. If it doesn't, we have an internal discussion and yeah, then it's a no-go. And that is the discussions that we have yesterday also sometimes doesn't go well. Yesterday, we had to go live and we had an internal discussions. We basically always, always measure ourselves against those. And our tech lead said, I'm not sure. Good. Then we don't do it. Then we tell the yeah. client, we're not sure. We didn't do it. We do it next Monday. Client was not happy, but totally understands. And in the end is happy because, well, the less mistakes, the better, of course. But yeah, yeah, yeah so you, don't that, dilute, you don't dilute the message. You stand for something and that's how you get known in the marketplace. That's how people start to talk about you. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. We, we agree. So let me see. I'm going through the kind of the list because we talked about a couple of things already in a different order than I normally do. And <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, not a bad thing. that is not a bad thing at all. Exactly. What is your aspiration for the next 12 to 24 months? Where do you want to take the company? So we believe we have a challenging business model. We are challenging the market, we think. We want to prove the market that this model works. So we believe that a 10x approach with a very challenging delivery strategy, speed, qualitative, and also show that it's possible to launch these types of technologies without upfront investments from the clients. Also no fees. There's no fees. We want to prove this business model. And fortunately enough, uh, clients are adopting to it. But of course, we want to drive for scale. Obviously, we go for scale. It's an interesting question, Tom, because it's the struggle of our first year. Then we were designing and building a platform. We were delivering projects. And we were very often drawn into those projects saying, well, maybe you guys can take care of the change as well. Because you've been doing this for a while. Our struggle was then how to disentangle from the consulting part. And we have chosen our profile is a tech company. We wanted to be a tech company. We deliver excellence in tech. And we leave the consulting bits to consulting partners. So we build an ecosystem of people that are great at that, but we don't do it ourselves anymore. Yeah. I've seen that work against you. That can really work against you if you don't make that choice. And if you're clear, on, if you're clear on that, and it's, yeah, then it's easier to it's say yes and no, and you become resourceful in terms of where you need, really need to spend your yes. best people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is a choice. So the mission is very clear. So we go for scale. And we want to prove the market that this model is a interesting model to adopt. Yeah. Well, I mean, music to my ears. So, so where can people <laughs> go to find out more about Scotty and to say uh, hi to you? Well, scottytechnologies.com is the website. The Scotty bot will soon be there so you can actually talk to it. Now, there, yeah, so that is so we eat our own dog food. I want to, I think that is essential as well. And we look forward to talk more if people are interested. Of course, just leave your comments there and we'll pick it up and we'll contact people that would like to talk to us, of course. Okay. And I mean, how can people connect with you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, Roland Hallebeck, or they can, uh, of course, email me directly, which is Roland at scottytechnologies.com. Okay. That's simple and straightforward. Just one name. Yeah. So don't hire any people with the same name there. Our tech hub is in Portugal and there's many <laughs> jobs there, I can promise you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, many of yeah. those, yeah, exactly. So, well, thank you very much for this talk. And yeah, I mean, I learned a couple of things from your approach and that's always inspiring. It makes you reflect on things. I hope that added value to my audience as well. Okay, I hope so too. And thank you for having me, Tom.
and best of luck with your podcast. It's really interesting stuff. And I continue with the book. Well, there's music to my ears, like I said. And let me know <laughs> if you get any feedback or any questions or uh, oh. things that, uh, that you disagree with. That's always interesting to me as well. Okay, good, good. I'm always in for a good challenge. All right, and uh, stay safe, everybody. That is also, of course, very important. I completely agree with that. And that prompts me to turn myself back to my audience. I hope you got value from the interview that Roland and I just did. But please share your thoughts about this episode. We're eager to hear your questions and your views. And if you like it, and you got inspired by it, please share it with other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that you have in your network. Other than that, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Roland Hallebeek, founder and CEO of Scotty Technologies. As said, the goal that I have in this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Before I close, I have two more comments to make. If you know other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that have a story worth sharing, please send me an email at ton.dobby at valueinspiration.com. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas. And that starts with you. And if you want to know more about my book or you're interested in joining the Remarkable Effect tribe, please visit my website at www.valueinspiration.com. Thanks for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast on iTunes or provide me with your feedback directly. I'll see you shortly on a new episode. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.